Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuckabillies? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. I am broadcasting from uh, my mobile studio at the Bowery Hotel. It's a beautiful day. You know, it was like two or three days of rainy shit. Just a depressing fucking rain. And then it, it opened up. I got one good day. I was starting to take it personally. I got one good day. Somehow or another, I think I, I strained my neck sleeping. Is that possible that I hurt my neck uh, while I was uh, sleeping? It must have been a rough dream. I must have been active. Things must have been going on. I threw my neck out in a dream, and now I, you know, I'm having a hard time mobile. I'm having a hard time moving it, and I got a special to tape on Saturday. So am I going to do my special in Chicago, which you, could, you should all come to see me at the Vic Theater in Chicago. It would be nice. I think we're doing all right. I think we're going to have enough people there. The hockey situation did not. I was undaunted. I was not going to be bullied by hockey. Well, apparently it's it's not even in Chicago, but uh, you know, people watch TV. I think both shows are looking peopled enough to do a special. I think the stage is going to look beautiful. I'm excited to do it. Now, I'm just a little concerned that uh, that that my neck my neck that like I'm going to have that weird, you know, when I'm, I'm performing, I'm going to have that weird kind of like, instead of turning my neck, I turn my entire upper body, do that thing on my special for, for posterity that I will have this, this compromised movement. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Today on the show, Kurt Metzger, brace yourself. Kurt Metzger, the comedian. He also writes for, um, the Amy Schumer show. You know, he's a, he's, he's an outspoken dude. He's an envelope pusher. He's one of the funniest guys I know, one of the best joke writers I know. Uh, I, gave, I think I gave him one of his first writing jobs a million years ago in a, in a doomed, thank God, a doomed project, a, a remake of an English game comedy show called Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Shot 13 of those when I was broke after my first divorce. Pulled, uh, pulled uh, Kurt Metzger in to write for me and a couple other people. And it was one of the sticking points in my second divorce, actually. That my uh, my second wife, who was also a comedian and writer, was uh, by the time she left me, was still furious that I had hired Kurt Metzger and not her to write for Nevermind the Buzzcocks. He carried that resentment all the way through. And it was just a practical thing. It wasn't personal. 
Can you write with your wife? Can you write with your girlfriend? Can you have them on a staff? Is that a healthy work environment? Had nothing to do with her talent. Whatever. It's not the topic. Kurt Metzger is going to blow your mind a little bit. I, I barely got a word in. He had he had a, he, he had several axes to grind. He is one of the uh, the champions of uh, of free speech and button pushing. So enjoy. Uh, I did. I enjoyed talking to him. What else can I tell you? Oh, tomorrow night I'll be in Cleveland at the Playhouse Theater, Playhouse Square. Come to that. I think there's a few tickets left. Chicago, as I said, the Vic, uh, two shows uh, at the Vic. Very excited about that. We're going to be taping the special, and I will be uh, moving in an interesting way. It's not a dance. It's not nothing conceptual art about it. I, I have a bad neck right now. Maybe it'll be better. This is Thursday. Should be better. Right? Right. Sunday night, Minneapolis at the Pantages. That's uh, that'll be great. I love Minneapolis, and that's you know that's uh, that's the schedule. That's where we're at right now. That's the immediate schedule. I could push uh, I could push out some other dates if you want. There are some other shows coming up that I could use some attention. Uh, they, there's a run out here on the East Coast on Friday, June 26. I'll be at the Bam Howard Opera House. Big room, big room. Tickets are selling well, though. There's already, already well over 1,000 tickets sold, so you might want to get on that, Brooklyn. That's in Brooklyn. Saturday, June 27th, the Paramount Theater, Huntington, New York. Huntington, out on the island. Let's get those people there. The working people of Long Island, please. Please. June, June 27th, Paramount Theater. June 28th, the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. Come on. Come on out. Good times. Let's go, Jersey. It's where I'm from. Let's do it. All right? So I wanted to get over to the new Whitney today. This is the big deal, man. The new Whitney is the shit. Everyone's talking about it. They moved from uh, wherever the hell it was up in the 80s, I think, or the 70s. Look, the thing is, is that I have a relationship with art. And I'm in a relationship with an artist. But I I have a relationship with art. My mother was a painter. And some of you know that. And she used to fly us back when we grew. I grew up in New Mexico, originally from Jersey. My roots are in Jersey. All right? The big tomatoes in uh, July, remember? Huh? Remember Jersey tomatoes when tomatoes were tomatoes? Anyways, even when I was growing up in New Mexico, my mother, we would fly back as a family and sometimes we'd build our trips around retrospectives or openings at museums. Also, I had uh, my my communist uh, aunt and uncle, great aunt and uncle who lived over in Fort Lee. Uh, she was a, a sculptor and my cousin Jane was a painter and sometimes we'd stay over there and we'd come to the museums. But I remember when as a child, I saw the Alexander Calder retrospective at the Whitney and, and, and Calder's circus. Calder does the mobiles and he also does, you know, little kind of wire things, little wire people and animals and very simple sort of uh, primitive, almost childlike art. But it was a functioning circus. And I remember seeing that when I was a child at the uh, Whitney. And also I saw the Cezanne retrospective with my mother at the Whitney when I was a child. And I, I frequently visited the Whitney at different points in my life. I would go there, and, and I was, and there was Calder Circus, right? When you walked into the old Whitney in a in a glass case, you could look at the circus, and there was a film there that uh, showed the circus in action with little old uh, Alexander Calder uh, playing with all the toys that he made. But it was a, it's a childhood memory of mine. That building, I know that building. I've been to that building. I've visited that artwork, you know, frequently throughout my childhood. And you do build a relationship with the. Uh, with pieces of art, if you if you frequent museums, especially uh, the, the same museum, if you come to New York, you go to MoMA, you go to the Whitney, you go to the Guggenheim, whatever. Guggenheim doesn't have as much of the permanent collection on display uh, in a in a regular way like MoMA or the Whitney, where there's always some pieces there that, especially MoMA, that are always out. 
You know, I can always go see the Rothkos that I enjoy over there or the Pollocks or the, you know, the de Koonings, whatever it is. I can go visit them and I'll, they'll always be there for me. Timeless, hanging timeless uh, on the wall. Anyway, so I went to the New Whitney. It was an architectural masterpiece. It's stunning. And they've organized, they have this uh, exhibit there now, which I thought was genius. It was just genius. It's their first exhibit. It, it, needs, to, it needs to make an impact. Uh, America is hard to see, all from the permanent collection. And each floor has got a different time period, and they're organized in sort of different uh, thematic ways around style or around uh, uh, political action or social action or maybe just time. But it was also pretty fucking amazing. It was just amazing how it was put together and curated and, and which pieces they chose. And I saw some pieces that I saw Calder Circus there in a glass case. It had, you know, but it's in a completely new environment. It's in a completely modern environment. The, the old Whitney was the old Whitney. This thing is just stunning. There's all these terraces, and you can go outside, and there's the, the High Line, which was the old elevated train, which they've made gardens and a walk throughout the entire kind of a west side over there. It's uh, you know, by the meatpacking district. It's become very beautiful. But the museum was spectacular, and I felt elevated and excited to be there. I got no comedy about it. I'm just telling you, I guess, in my own fucked up way that art is important, that acknowledging a new structure for uh, architectural genius is important. There's got to be some things that we still register as important and not passive. We've got to be engaged, people. We've got to be engaged in the painting. Reckon with the painting. Someone wrenched it from their guts and their mind and their vision. Reckon with it. Reckon with the structure. God, it's got to continue meaning something. It's got to continue meaning something to stand in front of a Mark Rothko painting or a Picasso painting or a George O'Keefe. They had some beautiful old ones. All of them, they were ripped from the chest of people. Look at the texture. It's got to remain important. We can't lose touch with the art. We can't lose it. God damn it. It's beautiful out. It's beautiful out here in New York. I get a little melancholy here. I don't know why. There's a type of loneliness. There's a loneliness and a connectivity that I feel simultaneous. Like a lot of me has lived here and I've been here at different points in my life and I feel connected to this city and I like looking at the old buildings and I like that there's so many people and so much going on. But so much of that has nothing to do with me. So that's the lonely part. <laughs> so Seems to be a lot going on and none of it has anything to do with me. Oh, I'm lonely. But I appreciate the busyness. Oh, my God. Yeah. Getting old. I'm getting old. It's okay. Let's talk to Kurt Metz. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or 
or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Huge source of comfort to me. That that what I'm, I'm still <laughs> the same uh, Mark that I know from like. Uh, I think I met you. You were like 38 or something. Was I? You were my age now when I met you. Oh, that's right. You had the hair. Yeah, had well, all the hair. Yeah, that's right. And I had we like Wolverine hair. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And and we were uh, and I hired you to write on that show. That's my which, first writing job. First writing job, which was also a tremendous source of aggravation and ongoing resentment by my ex-wife. <laughs> like you know, like one of the. You got her on the show. I don't know why she. One of the things she said to me, you know, after she stopped loving me, was like, "You hired Kurt Metzger <laughs> to write for you, and you would." You didn't hire your own wife. How could you hire Kurt Metzger? But why single me out as the outrage of... Um, Don't I know. Mean, I've I, since gone on to have pretty good credits. Like, Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't think she's the first to single you out for outrage. No, I, in fact, now is very satisfying, dude. Because you are the you're you, fucking the I'm target. A, I'm a feminist icon of a writer now, but I guess the people that don't like me don't aren't aware of that. But all this shit on Schumer's show. So wait, so you're writing for Amy? What what exactly happened with all that shit? Walk Which, me through. Oh, well, I mean, the, the initial the thing, the initial controversy. It's still popping up now. Okay, so initially it had nothing to do with me. Yeah, it was uh, it was during. The uh, great rape joke wars of uh, 2011, if you recall, <laughs> yeah. when we had to decide if things can be joked about again. <laughs> we usually every three years. So like, uh, what's okay? It was 9-11 and then it was rape jokes. Yeah. There was a and, bit. and by the way, any rape joke I ever had conforms to the fucking whatever made up rules these dippy bloggers. I already made my jokes according. But don't tell me how the fuck to do my job. And it's not a sexist thing either. You followed the rape joke rules. Just on my own, whatever their you rule knew is. Inherently, you I had enough of a conscience. Yeah. It's I wouldn't. I have no conscience, but about jokes. Yeah. Jokes to me, there's no moral component whatsoever. It's right. merely funny, right? And that's its own force because yeah. I know for a fact that sometimes something that's absolutely not funny and in fact terribly wrong can be the most hysterical thing in the world in the right context. Sure. I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah. So people that don't get funny. You know, there's a lot of people that feel, you know, like punching up and punching down comedy yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that right. shit. And, and it's a very telling thing to say. Yeah. When you hear that punching down comedy, that's the most elitist fucking, that's saying there's a caste system and I'm on top of it and I, I will not deign to punch downward at yeah. the people lower than me. Yeah, yeah. You think people are lower than you and you think that makes you more moral than right, me. Right, right, right. So they have no problem with condescending, apparently. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, no like, problem with condescension. I thought we were all equal, so I'm punching straight ahead. But it turns out that I'm supposed to buy into that I'm on top of someone. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah, okay. So uh, anyway, this had nothing to do with me. It was Sam Morell. You know Sam? Yeah. He has similar eyebrows to me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he had this joke that it was uh, how he's having sex with a black woman, and it made him very uncomfortable because she kept saying the N-word over and over again. Right. He goes, you know, no. Okay? Very simple. The joke is the misdirect of it. It's not a, a yeah. moral. Yeah. They don't all have morals to them. Right. So fucking, but okay, this girl uh, whose name I won't mention, she wrote a whole fucking thing against Sam. 
Rice's whole thing about how outrageous it was he told this dumb fucking joke. Right. So I got like jealous that he was getting this kind of attention. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, Jim Norton pointed out to me later, like, why would that make you jealous? Like, are you stupid? You were jealous. I'm like, well, I'm offensive. Where's my fucking blog about me? Yeah. So I, I contacted Sam, and we cooked up this thing to say that this girl's not a real person. Yeah. We, but we made her up to make a point about free speech and go, the Oh, the, wo- is, the woman who blogged. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the jig is okay. up. Okay. We just did this to make a point about speech. So and you, I got, you were going to erase her. Yeah. And I got a few people to go, Oh my God, Kurt and Sam Morrow pulled it off. And yeah. like, and it spread like yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, shockingly quick, I would say. Yeah. And then people started making, all these other people started making fake profiles of this girl and all this other shit. And uh, so she was outraged okay yeah so she goes on my facebook by the way i think that's a very jonathan swift-esque thing to do yeah just for the record the satirical intent was there satire uh punches up at things i don't like <laughs> so fucking uh this she goes through my whole facebook to find yeah. objectionable material to uh-huh. like get me uh-huh. okay yeah of which there's probably a lot <laughs> yeah. like don't go on my facebook i, yeah. I would tell people there's no reason to go on it. I don't need you. I need like three people on it to thumbs up my premises that I'm too lazy to like finish on my own without validation. Okay? Right. Okay. The rest of you are three pounds of shit in a two pound sack. Unfriend me. Yeah. So she goes through and makes a collage of everything I've ever said yeah. out of context yeah. in a thing. Like yeah. one time I said nigger faggot quoting Donald Glover from this sketch I liked that he did. Yeah. So she put, he says... The N word for kicks. <laughs> yeah. Like me and my greaser friends are on the street corner. Yeah. Um, so then she's trying to get me fired off Amy's show. And she brought up a thing about I had spoken, uh, not my girlfriend that you know now, but the girl I was with before her. Right. Do you remember her? The girl that was older than me by like 10 years? I think so. Maybe met her once. Okay. Yeah. So I had talked about, I don't remember how we got into it, but oh, I so one time I pinned her. I, and I, I openly admitted to this. I got in a fight with her where she had broken all my shit with a hammer, and I pinned her to the wall by her throat, which yeah. is illegal. I mean, you go to jail for that. Right. Okay? It's not a choke. I, I termed it as choking, but it wasn't like I was throttling her. Right, right. It was, uh, she was, she was kind of fucked up, and if I would come home late, it was like right when I first passed the cellar. Yeah. So she had this thing of, uh, I can't sleep if you're not home. Right. Which I, my job is to be out late. So right. she would do these crazy fucking things to me if I came home late. So one night I come home and uh, she had taken all my things and just bashed them up with a hammer and laid them all on the table and laid the hammer next to the stuff and went to sleep like an angel. And uh, so I didn't, it wasn't like I flipped out. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. And then, uh, and then what happened was I woke up and I'm looking at all my shit, dude. And I fucking, she was in the shower and I pinned her against the wall like that. So not, it's not good. I could go to jail for that. Yeah. But the point of me telling the story was that that's not justified. What should have happened was I should have been a man and got the fuck out of the relationship a good two or three years before we got to that point. Right. Because it wasn't overnight that she's breaking my stuff. It right. was clear I should have been out of there. But I she was paying the rent. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. And I and honestly, God, this was my thought process. Staying yeah. in it was it was so hard getting cable installed in this loft <laughs> that I was like, I just don't think I could go through that again. I swear to God, I thought that. And stayed in a fucking crazy relationship for, of, of physical assaults, if, if we're keeping score, there were way more on me than, than oh, that yeah? one. Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. We still, we, listen, we're good, me and her. We're all forgiven. This is why I don't understand these people that are mad so about what like, happens when they read it, what she read. So though. she goes, he admits to a DV, which I thought meant double vaginal, but no, <laughs> it means domestic violence. 
So she goes, and admitted domestic violence. What is Schumer going to do? She's tweeting this. Oh, to get so, Schumer to react? To get me fired. Right. Because when I was 24, I pinned this girl to a wall for British. Then I go, to tell a story that I'm, hey, guys, don't do this thing I did. Right. This, I'm telling the story to tell people not to get into a thing like this. Right. So, so what I, happened? Did, did Schumer respond? Or no, what, she would never fired me of that. But I, I, they, I had to go. Comedy Central, okay, so the, the Daily Dot, there's an article that says that's called The Disturbing Online Trail of Kurt Metzger. With so a, now there, there's a momentum against you. Right, but I'm not famous. So right. where these twits made a mistake is nobody knows who the fuck I am, so it didn't go anywhere. Right. And also Amy wasn't going to fire me, but I did. I was surprised that... Did you talk to Amy about it? I told her if you got to fire me, fire me. It's not your fault. I mean, I, I didn't. I never dreamed that that would happen where the show is brought into my nonsense. And I what'd probably, she say? She wasn't gonna fire me. Oh. I mean, she just wouldn't. She doesn't yeah. give a shit with this. But uh, so, but Comedy Central. So the Daily Dot writes this fucking. I mean, it's like a smear. But when if you read it, when I read, it, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of funny. Like it's, <laughs> it, even doing their best, it's still you're still good. The yeah. jokes still hold. Yeah, the jokes still hold. So <laughs> fucking. Uh, but I had to have. So the girl that wrote the article then writes to me a, an email that says, I'd like to get your side of the story. Yeah. Would you, now that you've printed this other thing, now you want my side? So Comedy Central, I, I answered all her questions, didn't yeah. send them to her. I had to send them to Comedy Central. Yeah. And they were very satisfied with all my responses, and then they said, don't respond. And I think that's the SNL, all these shows are like, just don't respond to these people and don't bring the show into it and all that. But uh, it'll still pop up here and there, man, with this fucking one article. So I'm wondering when my, my Trevor Noah moment will be. When, uh, <laughs> when you get the big job? Yeah, when the big job's coming. Like, are you aware of his history? But fortunate for you, it, it'll all be out there. There's not going to be any I'm, mystery at this Yeah, point. listen, I'm pretty open. What, what this is is the people who, who promote the fucking like, slam on me, they don't know me. They don't know my fucking work. Right. They don't fucking... Uh, it's kind of amazing how quick they all glom on with not knowing any facts about anything. I mean, like, uh, if, if somebody wants to hear the story in greater detail, on my podcast, Race Wars, it's uh, Flimsy Facts with Tom Rhodes is the episode. Yeah. And uh, it's... Tom was great, by the way. And, and uh, I'm telling that the story in much greater detail on that. And I've explained it a million times. So, I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. If you give a shit, you can listen to that. If not, I don't care. It's it's a thing that's literally nobody's fucking business that I I talked about. I was honest enough about to bring up. Yeah. And now it's like uh, it's amazing to see some stranger talking about it like they know any like I'm Chris Brown now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like you don't know shit about me or the relationship or what went on. So like this is your this is their, your current writing job. Amy Schumer, Schumer. Yeah. So, this so and I gave you my your first writing job. Yeah. In nineteen I was like that was when for never mind the Buzzcocks, right? Yeah. And it was uh after nine eleven, so it was two thousand one. Yeah. It was? Yeah. Absolutely. Like right after? Pretty soon after, yeah. Right. And and yeah. like it, it was like I was hosting a game show primarily to make money because yeah. I was bankrupt. I remember. From the first divorce. Yeah. And I was dating Mishna. <laughs> I was with you when you had to drop off that letter to like your last payment to, to your ex-wife. I really? Remember. Yeah, we went. You we you dropped it off, then we got fucking tasty delight or something after. <laughs> tasty delight, what or whatever. Tragic. <laughs> whatever. Fake Let's ice really cream. celebrate and with you're my. Like, yeah, well, my ends my obligation to her. <laughs> <laughs> Eating the empty fucking experience of tasty delight. Do those yeah. things even exist anymore? That I was don't like know. it was all the rage for a while. It's like it's no calories. Yeah. It was just sugar and. Somehow foamed into a <laughs> soft serve. 
It was like a real sad adult. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a, sad a, a pleasure. There's a sad adult <laughs> moment for you. Yeah, there's a warning for you. Seeing Marin me be this guy, I never want to become that. Well, it's not that. It was like it's. I see what's inevitable to become because I remember we were driving somewhere. And you were complaining about somebody not booking you at uh, Stand Up New York. I remember being and in the car. And I was like, oh, wow, this never gets better. Because I was like, oh, wow, this guy's got a show. And like, yeah. he's got a car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I saw him on Dr. Katz. I'm like, oh, it's not good for him. <laughs> it just like dawned on me like, oh, it's like that. Yes, it never goes away. <laughs> yeah, and what, you had moved here from where? From Philly. So right. my only experience so far was watching Kevin Hart like just shoot to the top. Right. So I'm like, oh, the I first guess time. Yeah, I guess then, that's how it and works. And then disappear. And then he shot to the top again, remember? He went away, he went away around Soul Plane for a minute. Is that what you're talking about? Like, like he got the deal to do the TV show, and then it never yes, happened. Yes, And then yes. he had to go back to the drawing board, because I talked to him about that. Well, Kev, I'll tell you what, man. I got to give it to him, because he really was on top of every business. The whole reason I got into this business was to not do any of the shit you're supposed to do in life. Right. And he's a fucking businessman. Obviously. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think that's half of his appeal is yeah. just sort of like, I work hard. He's a winner. Yes. What's that quote from uh, Christ? He always says, everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to do the work. Is that Jesus? <laughs> that Jesus Christ, the Nazarene said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody want to be famous. <laughs> nobody want to do the work. <laughs> so, See, Kev's a winner. Yeah. And I'm intrinsically a loser. Do you understand? Which is my, like how I do my comedy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I was raised Christian. And Christian, I don't, I don't think yeah. you're a loser. I think you're a guy that my that, soul is. It is my your soul, soul is a loser. Oh, for sure. And, and now you're bringing your soul into this. I, I know exactly. Like f- for me being so Christian growing up, you don't understand. Like real Christianity is a religion for losers. It's not for winners. Like, but winners, wait. So wait. Yeah. So you grew up in Philly? No, I grew up in uh, New Jersey mostly. Were you, in Ohio and also in North Carolina a little bit. Was it, so why? So your mother and your father are married. My dad's dead. They got divorced it when I was an adult, uh, but we were Jehovah's Witnesses. When, I was when did he up. die? When uh, Just before I started dating Karen, so seven or eight years ago. Oh, not that long ago. Yeah, not that long ago. Did you have a relationship with him? I was the last one talking to him with my family. He uh, just drank himself to death in a fucking trailer at the end. Really? Yeah, he really got sad alcoholic at the end, man. And Like, he didn't like what, wet that. brain and everything or what? Or just like distended he belly? He wanted to die. He want, I didn't see him, I didn't see him when he was like you know yellow or however the fuck they found him um, but I was still talking to him he had gotten so dark with my brother and sister that they hadn't they stopped talking to him there's just three here uh, yeah and I, and I remember telling my brother like you really should call him because I don't know what's going on with him but if he drops dead you're gonna feel bad that you did this thing where you're like I'm not speaking to you and uh he fucking and my brother I remember my brother weeping like when he, when he died and I was like I felt really bad being did right. he make it right what do you mean make it right did he Heed your advice and call him. Never, never. He never did. So I was the last one to talk to him. And uh, but the other thing is my old man, who was always my buddy growing up. Yeah. For the most part, more than my mom, he uh, felt bad for himself too much. He really did. He was in this dumb religion that he felt like he gave up making money in life and all this other shit because he was into this religion. And my mom just ate him from the inside out like fucking wasp larva, basically. So you know, he could have just. He got trained to be like, you get married, you never get divorced, you're supposed to have kids, you're not supposed to fuck until you're married. All this shit that I'm sure he didn't want to do. I'm sure he never even wanted kids, you know? Really? But the rules were the rules. What did he do? He was uh, a salesman, uh, mostly, but he initially was an electrician, 
and he started getting better and better jobs, and he was a salesman for a while. Well, how did they come to this religion? That's not one you're, that you're born into. That's one you get roped into, right? I'm born into it. Right. My dad's dad uh, was a World War II uh, airplane engineer. Yeah. And when my dad was 12, uh, my, my grandpa, his dad, converted. And then my mom converted at 18 because she was a disillusioned Catholic. My grandmother killed herself, my mom's mom, in a pretty fucked up way. Really kind of fucked up way. And, uh, what way? She uh, cut her own throat. This is the story I heard. And by the way, getting the full story of this, I had to piece it together. Because my mom and my aunts will never tell, tell me this shit. Yeah. They'll just be like... But apparently, so my mom's like 12, my uh, grandmother cut her own throat in the kitchen. So my mom comes home from school. My, her mom's gone. There's just a pool of blood in the kitchen, which she and her sister had to clean up. And, uh, and then I think my grandfather just married this other woman and felt like a good guy because he got the kids a new mom or some shit. Uh-huh. You know, some miserable fucking 50s, 60s shit. Yeah. And, uh, and fucking, <laughs> like, uh, so the, her, she was a Catholic, and it didn't help her through that. Right. That way. Right. And so she found Jehovah's Witnesses, which I think really kind of satisfied whatever need she had. What needs are those? How did the Jehovah's, I don't understand what they do. Like in, in terms of Catholicism, was Catholicism too abstract or too vague or too complicated? Or it, probably it, all that. Probably wasn't all that. finding the relief from going into the booth. <laughs> I probably all that. That's, yeah. probably, that's probably a good way to put it. The guy behind the, the screen is not helping me. The wizard is not helping me. <laughs> this uh, glory hole forgiveness is not helping me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she wanted the more personalized uh, Protestant God over the. Uh, you know the the ethnic pagan right fucking thing that she was doing. So she. Uh, but isn't the Jehovah's Witnesses like a, the No Dancing troupe? No, no, no. That's <laughs> that's Footloose. You're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's the Footloose Church that you. <laughs> no, Jehovah's Witnesses is uh, like it, it's an it's actually used to be no holidays. Uh, well, not not most of them. Right. The ones that are considered pagan, which would be like Christmas. Okay, but you Easter. can you can dance. Yes, you can dance <laughs> as long as it's modest and not sexual. That might straight. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, you know, it's just like a Bible. Yeah, but uh, you know, they have their own peculiarity. Like we didn't believe in an immortal soul, for example. They believe we believed in a resurrection. Okay, like at the end times or whatever. They, it, people will be ra- brought back to life, and you'll live in the in the Garden of Eden again. They have a show that depicts that now. What is it? Walking Dead. <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah. I guess Christ wasn't really a zombie till his thirties, right? Right. So fucking. Uh, yeah. So she's in this religion that was a great source of comfort. And, yeah. Uh, to me, it wasn't. I mean, I, growing up in it, I did believe it. And they met in the religion somehow. Yeah. My dad was an elder in the church. Oh, there's a there's rankings. Right. Because everyone's. A, I was a minister. Everyone's a minister who gets baptized, uh, which I believe is to keep you out of the military. Because Joe's ways can't. You can't. We don't uh, get involved in politics. Right. Which I agree with. I think every fucking church should do that. And uh, couldn't join the military, which also, if you're a Christian, you can't be in the fucking military. I don't know why people think that. You cannot fight for a country. You, you serve God or you serve a country. Right. So there's no circumstance where you can go, like in Iraq, let's say. Yeah. There's Christians in Iraq that probably got blown up while we're killing the right. other people. Yeah. There's no way you're going to go to God and go, hey, God, I had to bomb a couple Christians, but you know, it was for America's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, liberty. Yeah, yeah. God, well, you think God's going to be cool with that? Uh, yeah. Apparently people do. But that's not what it says. So, right. 
I agree. Those things I wholeheartedly agree with, you know? But so you're a minister. When do you become a minister? When are you told, like, at 14 or 12 or, like... Officially when I got baptized. But I, you know, maybe before that because I had a, a, a draft card, like a deferral. Right. A minister deferral. Right. So... So uh, it's primarily, that was their plan, is that <laughs> this was a way to get all of our members to avoid military service. You can't be in the military, which... uh I'm glad I, I, you know, right. Although I would go do USO in a heartbeat, and I fucking, you know. But, yeah, you uh, want to, you want to help the guys. Absolutely. Out. Yeah, but but the but the idea is also, I guess, they make everyone a minister specifically to give you a little more incentive when you're out there saving people. Well, it's like, not just yes, but it's not just that. It's it's because the ranking, you know, you're not supposed to give a shit about that. You're a Christian. You're supposed to be humble. So that's yeah. not supposed. You're not supposed to get off on that. Right. What it is is everyone gets educated, as opposed to Catholicism, where there's a clergy and a laity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a medieval setup. There's more of the Protestant thing where we all read the Bible. So everybody, you know, I read the Bible a lot, like probably about 20 times over the, because over the course of the year. So you, you were in. Yeah. Yeah, very much. I didn't, I didn't do anything until I was like 21 of like fucking or getting high or any of that. Really? Yeah. So like from the from the get go, like you were active in the church, you socialized at the church, most of your friends oh, were friends, in the church. friends, yeah. Do you have any of those friends anymore? You know, my best friend growing up just recently got back in touch with me. Who's still in? And I, I haven't called him on the phone yet. Well, I, I'll see what happens. But is it like? Did, did it feel like a cult? No, not at all. Just like a religion. It, but see, here's the thing that they talk about in Scientology: the disconnection. Yeah, it's called disfellowshipping in Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. So all my best friends growing up that stayed in, I don't speak to them. Right. I'm an apostate. I think I, I you know, which is or like maybe you just thing. moved on. Well, I, it, it turned out it was pretty fucking easy to move on, but a lot of people that I mean, leave yeah. are very damaged by it. Anything where you're in like a group with that, and all these groups do this, they, keep, they make it your whole life. This yeah. is your whole life. Yeah. If you ever leave, what are you going to have? You know, and there's, there's certain degrees that are less sinister than others, like, but, but Jehovah's Witnesses at least did that declawing thing to me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Where like now I got to be out in the world and how the fuck do I survive? Well, I find a hoary girlfriend who makes more money than me yeah. and she takes care of me until I figure out how to be an adult. And that's how I did it. I mean, seriously, that's what I did. I dated like like a whore with a heart of gold type. Yeah. Who liked my like foster kid energy. You know, like like I like working girl. Like I would always get like girls that had like prostituted would fuck me, but it, I'd be like the guy they liked to. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're both runaways. And, yeah. You know, right. like that kind of feeling. Right. I always had that coming off me. Yeah. Which I've I've considerably lost as grime and shit accumulates on me, but. At the time, I was a, you know, like that was attractive to a certain type, you know. And now I'm a fucking filthed up old fucking pig. But uh, yeah, like it, 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 you know, I didn't consider it culty, but it did its damage, you know. Right, but so, but when when you uh, so in your memory, your father was always drinking. Your parents were always unhappy, or what? My parents were always unhappy. I don't remember my father being that much of an alcoholic. I remember my mother accusing him of that. And I remember him being a big martyr and kind of like, well, I guess I'm an alcoholic then. Yeah. You know, and, right. and it getting more, and really they should have got a fucking divorce. Right. And they thought they were staying together for the kids. So if anybody out there is doing that, just fucking don't. Well, you stayed together for cable. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, listen, I didn't say I was smarter. I sure as shit didn't say that. Not only did I stay with that girl for cable, I got her pregnant. Okay, yeah. and, and I begged her to have the baby. I got on my knees and begged her to have the baby. Why? Because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and God bless her, she fucking aborted. God yeah. bless her. You know when people say like, I can't imagine if I'd had an abort. I can't imagine if we didn't have that abortion. Yeah. What my fucking life would be. Why? What? What in your mind wanted the baby? Do you remember? 
What were you I thinking? talked to my dad on the phone. Yeah. About he's the only one I told about it. I didn't tell my mom. I, I would like to tell her now because my mom was always big on me settling down with whoever I was with, so it'd yeah. be more moral. Is she around now or not? Yeah, my mom. I'm very close with now. Yeah. Um, but my old man, uh, he he talked to me about it, and then Jay, I was talking to about Oakerson. It. God bless his white trash soul. Big Jay. He's uncut Colombian white trash. Do yeah. as we we'll call. And Jay's like, yeah, you know, if you have the baby, you'd fucking deal with. It. It's a real like Homer Simpson. <laughs> and babies happen. That's what happened. What you know? And they and they babies convinced happen. Me. Yeah, they convinced me. And uh, so she luckily had some sense in her head and didn't have a baby. Because, I mean, we would have murdered each other if we stayed together. Oh, it would have been a disaster. We're very cool now, but together we were not cool. It was just like a You guys cool... are all right? You laugh about the throating, throat throttling in the shower and stuff? I have a fucking turn on now, to be honest with you. Uh, that's why it's like people mad about it. I'm like, you don't fucking know us, so so that, don't get upset. Right. But that's it. But that's also the interesting point about punching up and punching down and people projecting or pathologizing other people's relationships or psychoanalyzing, assuming that that person's a victim and had no play in it or that, you know, maybe if she doesn't see uh, her victimness that maybe she needs help right. uh, as opposed to sort of like, you know, mind your own business. Dude, uh, we got in a fight at Schumer about uh, Woody Allen and Soon Yi. Yeah. This is one of the biggest fights. We, because by the way, the writers are killer writers. Like they're all great. Obviously, yeah. And, Who's uh, on the show? Who's on staff? Uh, it was me, Jesse Klein, uh, Amy, her sister, Kyle Dunnigan, Christine Nangle, Tammy Sager, Hallie. Uh, I don't remember Hallie's last name. Uh, Grace. Uh, fucking what's Grace's last name? Dan Powell. I'm missing. Oh, John Glazer wrote on this season. This season? Oh, yeah. So these are all this is the current crew? Yeah. And uh, and Amy Smart, man, she gets uh, like, I well. Really, I'm the male presence of the room. That's my entire purpose. The worst possible male presence. Well, just a male presence, because guess what? There's not a single... And I'm not the only guy in the room, yet I'm the only male presence. I promise you that. <laughs> the rest of them are just like, okay, whatever you say. Right. Whatever dingy thing. And yeah, you're like the dark dick presence. Dude, what I... What would the worst dick do in the world? Well, it's, it's not even that. It's like they're so gentle. I mean, just a comic... Just as a stand-up comic, when you're around like UCB people yeah. or people who I don't, they're very talented. I'm not like, oh, right. UCB. But let's face it, are probably not the best examples of, of male energy, right? Um, a lot of m'lady kind of, well, m'lady, I got Neil Casey, who was a great writer. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy Byler was the other writer. Yeah. Neil Casey uh, wrote this great sketch, m'lady, about these clingy guys yeah. that you've never, like, you know, never indicated you're going to fuck, but they get mad at you, like, when, when are you going to fuck me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's, that's from experience of knowing those fucking guys, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, it, it's the same feeling, whatever a woman would feel working with all men, yeah. I totally get it. I totally get how you would feel as a woman. I, cause it's like, it's not that something bad's happening to you. It's like, you feel like, should I say something? I, I don't want to be the uncool one. <laughs> Do I, I totally get if you're going through that as a woman, I, that's what I went through. Right. Right. So it was kind of good for me. I feel like to go through that, you know, yeah. to have a perspective on it. But, uh, what was the soon ye, uh, so they were in a fight because we had to decide who's a fucking officially, you know, a uh, rapist for, I can't remember what we were working on. Right. But the thing with Woody Allen is here's my simple position that inferior everyone soon he's fucking 40 now so if he really had brainwashed and kidnapped her i'm sure by now she could figure out what she wants to do since she's a 40 year old woman yeah you know you talk about projecting like she's a victim and blah she's 40 yeah she's a middle age they're still together they must have a beautiful relationship do you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, but there is the argument that, like, what what's different between that and and the Jehovah's Witnesses or or Stockholm syndrome or or whatever? Stop, but, even Patty Hearst had got over it by now. 
Even Patty fucking Hearst realizes that uh, Ronald DeFreeze raped her by this point, right? Right. And she didn't want to rob those banks. Like right. she figured forty. Listen, and they and they were like yelling at me, like, "Well, when you were in a thing like that, they put." I'm like, "Yeah, at twenty, I go, I'm out of here." Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm almost forty. I can't even fathom being somewhere I don't want to be. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, that was like an a p- impassioned fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's uh, good that you have those active debates. Uh, it is good, man, and that's what I really appreciate about her because. It's it's like she wants your voice, you know. She wants my voice, and she wants their voices. And if we clash, whatever, it's cool. But, the, but that's also the way a d- democratic environment is supposed to. She really, um, I, I give it to her, man, function. because especially this season where yeah. we're getting a lot of like heat for like various like messagey sketches. Yeah, the reason those are fine with me is because I think a lot of them are funny, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we had this one football. What kind of heat? Oh, all the all the same blogs that want me fired quote my fucking lines to talk about how feminist amazing the show is that's me writing that guys so now that we know you're a fan of me maybe you could shut the fuck up huh since you're my biggest fans anyway so like uh the the there's one called football town nights right right which is christine nangle sketch which is a really funny sketch to me and and like i said i just don't want to be preached at i have a feminist i'm a feminist yeah i like that's fine as long as it's not just preaching. Make a joke, and 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 guys will eat it up, and women. Yeah. We get an even male female viewership. Yeah, because of that. Yeah. So so I, I remember calling Amy because I was like, listen, at the end of this sketch, it was like, it was about how uh, Josh Charles is a is the new coach in town. You know, like Friday Night Lights, and he yeah. does things a little different than they're used right. to. He goes, he's going to have a no huddle offense and uh, and no raping. And they're all mad, like, what do you mean no raping? Like, yeah. it throws the town in an uproar. Yeah. Okay, which I thought was a funny sketch. But that has the potential to be very hammy, ham-fisted, you know. Yeah. It, it has the potential. Yeah. But, uh, but so at the end, there was going to be this fucking statistic, like, and then they went on where only, at college where only one in three rapes is ever processed. I go, just cut that st- statistic, please. I called her. I'm like, listen, just, we don't have to. So somebody wrote this stupid article about how Amy is like the mom who uh, bakes carrots into the brownies for the kids. Right. Like she's making feminist brownies. Yeah. And bake. Like, listen, just make brownies. Moms who put carrots in the brownies are cunts. Don't do that. Okay? <laughs> that sucks. Don't listen to these dumb fuck bloggers. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. You're funny. Be funny because the point is already coming across strong through the joke. Right. You know what I mean? And I... And then I thought I was going to go back in. And then, you know what? She fucking listened to me. She took it the fuck out. Yeah. And it's good she did because even the ones I like, there's a couple things where even my girlfriend's like, oh, that's really like... Hitting the nail. Yeah. Ringing and, the bell. Yeah. And luckily, the jokes are very, uh, to me, are, are good where it makes up for that. You and know? Jesse Klein's real smart. I mean, you got a lot of like, smart Jesse, people. Jesse, yeah. Jesse fixes a lot of my sketches, which uh, <laughs> we were with Todd Berry. We went to Opie's. I said, yeah. Jesse fixes my shit. And he goes, by how? Throwing it out? <laughs> <laughs> I hand them in, she tears them in half. <laughs> but like this boy band song that that hit kind of big, yeah. uh, Girl, You Don't Need Makeup, right? Right. So I pitched this song called Girl, You Don't Need Makeup. My original pitch was, because I, I was one of my Facebook posts, which was, uh, you know, like there's just the talky part of the song where it's like, hey girl, like, I don't care, but like, I only care about your tits, basically. Like, I didn't even know you had a head until fairly recently. I just looked up and I was like, damn, girl, that's a face. <laughs> So I pitch that. Yeah. Okay. So they're all laughing. Yeah. And then Jesse pitches. Okay. Well, what if it's just you don't need makeup? She takes her makeup off. Then they start walking it back immediately when they see her with no makeup. Right. So then that's the version we did. 
because as Dan put it, my version was insane, <laughs> like, right. which I don't think it is, but in their world, that's insane, what I would say. Right. So, so then we wrote, so we wrote it like that, and, uh, and it's like a viral fucking 16. thing. Yeah, yeah, like it sounds like a boy band song, dude. Kyle Dunnigan arranged the music, and his buddy uh, something Roach, can't remember his name. He's great, though. He sang yeah. the song. Well, now you're hitting all this success. Your stand-up's good, and like I've always thought, you're a great joke writer, and you know, and obviously, you know, that that, that is what you do for a living. But uh, when you were in Philly, you know, in the middle of this uh, Jehovah's Witness nightmare, reading the Bible every day, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and believing it, and that was your life. And that wasn't in Philly. Philly's when I broke out. Oh, okay. Uh, you were in... Uh... When I left the group, the communal reinforcement, that's yeah. when I broke out. And by the way, the this, this shit that bugs me about a lot of, like, especially the blogger shit, uh, uh, is how much... Like, I'm obsessed with being forced into organized religion, like, group thought. Yeah. Because I had it on me for a while, okay? Mm -hmm. And I had this thing on me, especially in Christianity or in, in our brand of it. If you had a problem with something, you, you could never be a stumbling block to your brother, to their salvation, right? So let's say you go, well, that doesn't sound quite right. What does that mean? Well, let's say they tell you dinosaurs are on Noah's Ark, right? Right, yeah. And you go, I think that's probably crap. Yeah. But if you said that out loud, you might stumble your less smart brother. It might shake his faith. Right. So you got to keep your mouth shut because that would be a sin. Keep logic take. out of it. Absolutely. Why yeah. bring logic into it? Right. Okay. So we've got this beach ball we got to keep in the air no matter what. And that's your fucking duty. Yeah. That's how I took it. Right. And I got a real resentment of that. And yeah. then what I notice is these same, because I think I'm a liberal dude, these same kind of lefty kind of people have the exact same fucking like, don't stumble anyone out of. Being progressive, potentially, yeah. that's the most, politics are most, the most important thing. I make a decision to laugh. Yeah. I don't just laugh. <laughs> Maybe in heaven I'll laugh one day. I filter it through my uh, gender studies class and I, and then, but to me, a lot of this shit is not a gender argument. It's you're fucking 20 and you just got out of college. Bitch, you got to get past my ageism before we even get to my sexism. Right. You haven't even earned the right for me to be sexist against you. Right. Because you're fucking 20. You don't know shit. Mm -hmm. So uh, just, to, just to have the people who use the word mansplain, right? Yeah. Oh, here's a man mansplaining. Yeah. Then to have that same person have the balls to then mansplain to me, a professional, how to do my job. I mean, they don't see the irony in that at all. If, if you've ever used the term problematic ever. Yeah, you, I know you're not funny. There's not a single funny human being who understands funny yeah. who has ever wrote. Here's why this is problematic. Because yeah. a funny person would seek out problematic. Yeah, because that's very funny when something's problematic. Well, in my mind, what you have is you have those people that judge, you know, and 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 fight what they think is a good fight to drain the humor out of everything and make everybody overly polite and self-censoring. I wish I could laugh at that. Yeah, but <laughs> but but on the other side, it's like you know, recently I had this realization where. You know, where you have people that are like, "Why well, I'm going to say the word tranny no matter what, no matter what. And in my mind, it's like, that's the fight. You know, you know words have gone out, you know, words right. go out of style for whatever right. reason. And you, so if you want to fight that hard, if that is really infringing right. on your freedom, <laughs> then no one's telling you you can't say right. that, but you're just going to hang out with guys who say that. And then you, okay, so that's fine. So yeah. somewhere in the middle of that. You're right. You're that's, right. That's where the world lives. Well, you know what's funny, man? I have no problem. See, my gripe is not the fucking sensitivity and shit because to me, I think that makes me better that I have to now take what I want to say and figure out how to get it across to people who are like, well, now we don't like this. Who are, who are snap judging and, and, and I like the knee challenge. jerk. Yeah, sure. I, my, whole, my, my entire sense of humor is to get you to laugh at something that you know you shouldn't be laughing at. So 
whatever, make it hard for me. That makes me better. I like that. I have no problem with that. What I don't get is why the consequences, see, you're going, you're going to have to hang out with guys who say tranny. That's a fair consequence. Yeah. The unfair consequence is he should be fired. Right. Remember a long time ago when, in fact, I think you and me were talking about censorship when W was in, maybe when the Dixie Chicks thing happened. And I was like, well, that's just a business decision. And you told me, like, no, that's the way they censor now. They go, it's a business decision. You, you kind of turned me around on that. And you're fucking right. It's the way to get around you having freedom. We find little shitty ways. So Grassroots Dix- action. Yeah, when the Dixie Chicks got fucked with, I thought that was pretty shitty. I didn't think that they should have be run out of town because they dared criticize Bush on foreign soil. Right, right. right. So why is it cool to do that to other people now? I, I, don't, I don't get it. What's well, uh, that guy, John Ronson, just wrote that book about public shaming and how easy it is to destroy someone's life over right. something that could easily that may have been misunderstood. And I think you're right. I think provoking and pushing buttons. I mean, we can't be that. You, you know, I understand it's hard being uh, uh, a minority. It's hard to have a voice when you're a sure. woman. There's, there, you know, there is there there are there are issues that exist. Yeah, but but there still has to be the human interaction and negotiation and right. ability to sort of like, all right, maybe we're taking ourselves too seriously. Well, here's one thing they could stop doing is because I hear this as a complaint, especially in the white privilege bullshit list. Uh, uh, I'm not, as a white privilege, I'm not asked to speak for my entire race all the time, right? That's right. the complaint. In the same breath, I go on fucking salon and someone is speaking for their entire race or their entire gender. I am offended my entire race and this is my view and the we all worst. feel... I hate fucking yeah. self-appointed kings. Yeah, and you don't speak for all the brown people and all the women. So that's my only gripe is, if you don't like some shit, first of all, tell me I suck. You probably have a fair point. Whatever. Don't tell me that it's all women are behind you. But it's you. But that's but see, because in my mind, that's generalizing just like a fucking right. racist or a sexist. Of course, but when it suits when it suits you, if you're listen, it's a religion like any other, being far left, and so so I watch the same little hypocrisies that were in my dumb church, and it drives me up a fucking wall. Be, like like if oh this last thing that just happened, and I like Larry Wilmore too. He's had me on a lot. He's but, a good guy. Yeah, but. uh the last night they're talking about in Texas that stupid uh, draw Muhammad thing where that oh, some yeah. guys some guy showed up to shoot and they yeah. got shot down. Yeah, Larry Wilmore said something about oh yeah because you want to make a bullshit point about free speech. Well, I agree it should be a bullshit point, but the fact that two guys show up to shoot it up means it's not a bullshit point. It means it's a real point. It's very stupid. We're going to draw Muhammad just to be mean. Oh, that sucks. Someone's going to shoot you for that? Well, keep doing it because obviously there's a fucking problem. And that's weird because you're right because the fear manifests itself in in a strange way is that it's tricky because what you say is like, yeah, we have free speech, but you know, why push it? Exactly. Look, I'll be the one who can. I do think like that. Right. I think about every fucking thing. In fact, on my Facebook, by the way. I don't put anything I don't think I can defend. Right. That's my whole thing. In case yeah. I'm called upon at the tribunal, I won't say anything. I, I'm like, can I defend this before I put it up? So that's the main thing I do. I'm like, because I'm So might that's the trouble. way you gauge. That's how I gauge it's it. A, that is a, that, that is a, a, a practical self-censoring right. mode of operation. And I don't even call it censorship. It's just no, I'm it's, kinda, it's I'm, not. It's not yeah. censorship because it, when, when it comes right down to it, you know, you don't want to be put in the position where you, your, your only recourse is to snivel and apologize. Exactly. Yeah, because like that, yeah, the, when when people make these arguments about like, um, you know, what do you think about these kind of jokes? I'm like, look, anyone can say whatever they want to. They're just going to have to answer to it. Exactly. And so that that Muslim thing, that argument about the free speech, they're not looking at it in, in the terms of what's fair is fair. All they're looking at it is as, well, Islam's a brown thing and therefore hands off. 
which is, by the way, the most racist thing. This pl- it's it's a religion. It's not a race. Right. You're, Charlie Hebdo, racist. How is it racist? That's a religion yeah. that anyone can be a member of. Cat Stevens is not brown. Yeah. Okay, they drew Muhammad. They didn't draw. Dude, they didn't go, should, this is what maybe, a hook nose looks like. Maybe you should print those shirts up. Cat Stevens is not brown. <laughs> <laughs> so... To label it racist is very telling because in but, their head, but I think that yeah. what you know, you possess sensitivity. You claim to not have a conscience, but you weigh this shit out. And, and I know and, I do. What yeah. I'm saying is, no, no, funny no. But doesn't I mean, have a conscience. But I, but, yeah. right. But I think that that's that's an important element of this. Is that there there is a, a, a sensitivity. To, yeah. to, to the issues. Of course. Yeah. First of all, comedians are very sensitive. They are. That's why we joke that way. Yeah. This is what people who aren't funny don't get. To make a joke about rape or any horrible thing. But it you means, know when it's hurt somebody's feelings. See, that's I would the never fucking, fucking say a thing. By the way, if somebody that's what I me- That's so- what I meant to say is that like there is a, an element, there has to be an element of decency. I mean, like, yes. like, what, like with the word tranny, this is a good example because I don't say it anymore because, you know, it's, it can't be fucking right. easy can't be easy for people right. who are transitioning for you know and if right. that and, and if for that minority and those people that are making these bold choices no matter whatever you think yeah. about it what, what do i gotta hurt that person for fine i, I lose, yeah, that, I'll, lose listen, that I'll be nice about it and by yeah. the way if i say something that hurts someone's feelings they go hey kurt that really hurt my feelings i got no problem apologizing yeah. please tell me if i did that yeah however that's not what they do they're not hurt. They go, on behalf of these people I'm imagining, <laughs> I am offended. And so, go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's not genuine. Yeah. You're trying to make political hay to make a, like, be a little barnacle on my ship that wasn't famous in the fucking first place. Right. So, so wait, let's go back to what was the moment where, now your brother and sister, are they in the church anymore? Gone. No? Gone. Just my mom's in it. Still? Yes. She can't let it go. I don't want her to. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hate for her to let it go. For one thing, uh, w- that's going to mean a lot more hangout time for me and her. If they, <laughs> the church is picking up a lot of that slack right now, of being her, of listening to her stories. You know, yeah. yeah. Right now, it's once a week she calls me with her orders of nonsense business. <laughs> How is the soup? Yeah, I'm gonna bring you some two dollar bills. <laughs> like, you know, like just mom nonsense, yeah. and they pick up. At least seventy five percent of that slack. Okay, so it does have the benefit, of course. But when, what was the moment where you're like, I'm out, pussy, flat oh, really? out? Well, what was the policy on pussy? But you got to be married. Oh, no sex. You know the yeah. Christian policy. Which, and, but 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 did it did it build from that point where? Well, hold where on. You, you know you, what? I'm I'm oversimplifying. It started with. I was working with the set with the with the thing where it's like you can't tell the guy that that dinosaurs aren't on the ark. Right. And and so that always bugged me a little bit because I'm arrogant. The, the, the thing that saved me from all this shit and just carries me through life are none. No good quality. I have only my worst quality. So any arrogance that saved me from a cult. Yeah. My laziness, my selfishness saved me from being in a bad marriage. Yeah. All, all my bad qualities saved me. So what happened was I already had that quality of arrogance. Okay. And then I started reading a uh, skeptic magazine because I was working at the whiz and there was a Barnes and Noble and on my lunch break, I would look for magazines. And, uh, so and oh, this I, is what city are we in now? This is in Jersey in, yeah. uh, in Tom, uh, Tom's river. So I, pi- I, I had picked up this book about UFOs at the time. I kind of believed in that shit. Right. And I didn't realize the book well, you were believing in dinosaurs on the ark. And by the way, believers believe everything. Yeah. They believe a little bit in everything. That's the fucking really telling thing. They also probably believe in UFOs. Right. Ask them to square it. They won't. But they it's funny. You know, those Nigerian Internet scams. Yeah. Who falls for that? Yeah. When you go, who the fuck falls for this? Christians. <laughs> That's why they go, God bless and hello. Yeah. I am Mr. God bless you. Jesus loves us. Uh, Jones, can yeah. you, you know, and they go, oh, a Christian. Yeah. That's who gets suckered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, because you're taught to do that. They, so you're reading Skeptic Magazine on your yeah, lunch break. Yeah, well, I'm reading this UFO thing, and it was like, it was like real obvious shit, like, you know, remember like Roswell, the, the material of the UFO couldn't be broken by right. any physical means? Yeah. And it was real simple, like, well, then how did it break into a million pieces just because lightning hit it? <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't think of that, right? <laughs> right? And it got my mind in that way. And right. then I started picking up these magazines that were like skeptic shit. Right. And I started, and it was like James Randi kind of shit. Yeah. And I got really into it. And then I, that, when I met you, you were like, in it right and and it, that really started to chip away at my entire and i realized that fucking thing of like it's not what you think it's how you think i right. started to become a big believer in that yeah so that's what it is and then so then once then the final straw is like pussy as somebody did you write that did you ever thank publicly thank skeptic magazine for i thanked pussy <laughs> i fucking openly thank that uh no, I you know I think I met Penn and Teller a couple of times and told them that I never met James Randi. Yeah, Michael Shermer I believe was the publisher. Yeah, he wrote that good book Why People Believe Weird Things. Yeah, which is pretty great. It's about yeah. just how your brain, you know, believes this fucking horseshit that it yeah. believes. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I could get suckered. I think That's, you gave me some skeptic magazines. I might have. Yeah, the, uh, you know, because I'm much at Scientology. I, I got obsessed with Scientology when that right document. I keep going to the Scientology hole. You know. Yeah, I'm just fascinated. Or even uh, this Jim Jones thing I was watching the other day where they're interviewing a former member of Jonestown. Yeah, yeah. And, and they always make it seem like it could happen to anybody. No, it can't. Don't act like we all could fall for that shit. As soon as you said he's a commie and a Christian, I'm out. So I wouldn't have got suckered by that. You had a fucking weakness, you yeah, know? Yeah, I was born into it, so that's my excuse. Right. But these people that go into it, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. But, you know, whether it's Hitler or that, you come to someone in their weakest moment, right? Right. And give them their... Well, people are also vulnerable if they've been, you know, it's fortunate, I guess, in America that, you know, people are, are uh, kind of compelled and, and sold on the idea that they're not whole or complete or, or and in and, and capitalism yeah. is just sort of like, well, you need to buy some burgers right. and some perfume. Or not just that. You can reinvent yourself in capitalism sure. and you can break away from your family in capitalism. But it is a system built on mining people's weakness and desires. Right, and then you're supposed to, like Amway, you're supposed to learn how to do it yourself to make some money yourself. Like Maybe. Now you can learn how to mo- find people's desires and shit. But the, but the fucking, uh, like the way I judge the, all the religious shit now, all religions, yeah. I go, one, how much does it cost? That's my number. When people go, this is a right. cult. Well, how much does it cost? Yeah. Okay, two, do I, does God do his own killing or do I have to do it? Yeah. Okay, and then three, am I obligated to stay in this religion more for my mom or my dad, yeah. right? If it's for your mom, you probably won't be murdered when you leave, right. okay? If yeah. it's for your dad's honor, that's a little primitive. <laughs> you gotta catch up to the other religions, you know? Because this shit about the, uh, it was a provocation against some, yeah, so what? Piss Christ was kind of a provocation. Right. The guy's still alive. Yeah. He he gets death threats. You know, get, send a nice death threat. You don't yeah. have to actually follow through. Do the American way. Yeah. Just send the threat via Twitter yeah. and sit on your fat ass. And that and that's can that's you just it. bargain you down to that? Yeah. Can we just do it the free speech way? You have to be a man way? of action. Yeah. 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 So when did you start doing comedy? Uh, in college and uh, at Art Institute in Philly. I was always doing... I, you went I would, to Art Institute? Yeah, I would have been like a So, real, okay, so you're in fucking New Jersey, and you're like, all right, I, I'm going to fuck, and I'm going to... Uh, no, I'm, no, not till I got to college. But, I, but you but you were out. When you went to college, you... No, I was still in when I went. And uh, I went with, with a, a couple of other friends who were also in the same religion, so it was like, okay, because we're all going together. Right. And uh, we we're going to watch out for each other mm-hmm. to stay in the faith, and then uh, one by one, we all... Got sound, out. Yeah, just sniffed out puss and fucking... 
So this girl basically like fucking, I guess by today's standards it would be considered a rape, but that was pretty awesome of her to do that. You know, like a coercion into what she do. Just jumped on me and made me do stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I was like a fucking uh, like a, a virgin. Yeah, nervous, and, uh, religious guy. She's gonna oh, t- and the take guilt, the Christ right out of your oh, penis. The crushing guilt that I felt afterwards. Bad. Oh, it was unbelievable. Really? And I'm thinking of the lies I'm going to have to tell. By the way, kind of why I believed Mike Tyson in that, in that. remember the Mike Tyson thing? Jesus yeah, Christ. How many bombs are you going to drop that I got to answer to? You're going to have to answer big for this one. What? Uh, <laughs> but I'll just tell you, this is a, it's nothing with gender. It's a religious thing. Yeah. That, that girl was a preacher's kid who is a model, right? Yeah. And let me tell you something. There's no bigger liar on the face of the planet than a sexy uh, preacher's kid. Like a religious hot kid, those are the biggest liars because they fuck early and their social standing depends on them being moral. So when I was in church, all like the hot kids and rich kids, they were all doing all this shit they weren't supposed to and they gave off the appearance of... So making up a lie, because I think people don't, and I don't certainly don't believe most uh, rape victims are liars or some nonsense like that. Yeah. But if you are going to be a liar, chances are it's because you're religious and you got to protect your religious honor. Right. That, it, it, and when people think it doesn't happen, it's because they're probably their brain works correctly and they can't fathom why someone would tell a lie like that. Well, the reason is because you have this shame. entire yeah. And and the thing with shame, man, because you hear that a lot now about shaming, like fat shaming and slut shame, all that fucking shaming. If you don't already feel shame, no one can shame you. So like, hey, Kurt, you're a piece of shit. So, I mean, that <laughs> shame ended. See how simple that is? And that's all you got to do, fatso. You, yeah. you don't have. Well, you're to. not saying. Well, maybe she lied, and, and your argument is that you know it makes I'm sense to you. It makes sense to me why. Yeah, why like, she would have lied about she that? Would've. Absolutely. All right, so you felt that. guilty. Oh my God! I was thinking about my lies of how I'm going to get out of this. They're going to know. But God's going to know no matter what. Did you oh, still believe he in did God? Know. Yeah. Oh, he did know. But you don't believe in God now. I don't know what I believe. Maybe I oh. do. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. So uh, I don't know. I maybe there's God. I don't fucking know. I just don't believe the Book of Genesis. Sure. Okay. Um. I don't. Uh. You know. I don't believe the Bible. I guess is history. Okay. As I did. So, but so, what you what you were reacting to was really just the structure of the church and and what was required of you. So the shame was not like God is never going to forgive me, but like how the fuck am I going to be part of this organization? Yeah, I didn't want to go through the hassle. And I ended up having to do a fake repentance thing because Delfino, Jessica, who you knew when I first met you, so she was going to convert to make my mom happy. And I was like, no, don't do that. I'm just, I'll just leave and never talk to my mom again. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my joke about like, you know, if you're gay, come out of the closet. You know, like, because my whole family's going to stop talking to me like I was gay. Yeah. Like fornicating heterosexually is as bad as being gay in the Bible. Right. Like, you know, Christians make it out like gay's worse. It's the fornicating same. Fornicating out of marriage. You mean. Yeah. It's the same level of sin, hetero or gay. Yeah. Right. So my family was going to stop speaking to me. Like how you hear about gay teens, right? Yeah. And I got to say, it wasn't that hard because if you're into it, pussy is so much better than your family. Yeah. It's not a difficult choice, you know? <laughs> oh, that's all I got to do to not speak to you assholes again is fuck? <laughs> okay. That's your punishment, not mine, stupid. So, so like, you know, people like, I don't understand why people don't, there's no like teaching people to come from a position of strength at all anymore. It's just like this fucking, I'm responsible for your suicide. Mm. Which by the and, and I had a lot of that in my family, so I have a very dim view of of that suicide. Sh- my old man would threaten suicide. That that shitty little hostage taking where you're gonna kill yourself because you're upset is the shittiest thing to do to your fucking family. My dad did it all the time too. I, it, and and it's mental illness, a big part of it, you know. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's not like it's necessarily their fault, but it, it enrages me having someone do that to me because I just had to deal with so much of it, you know? And uh, w w this thing, like when you talk about don't say tranny, of course don't say tranny, but the idea that, like, unless I say you were never a man, it's your life, like, your life is in my hands. Yeah. Your suicide's on you, pal. That's not on me. Yeah. That's why it's called suicide, not homicide. Because that's the one thing. That's what's so great about suicide. You control it. Like <laughs> that's the appeal. <laughs> I decide. You know. Yeah. So, so that's this little shitty thing now, where it's like the threat of it's it's like blazing saddles. Yeah. Always. Uh, There's I'm like a gay teen with a, please somebody help that poor man. Got, <laughs> I'll kill him. Yeah. I'll kill this homo. Like, yeah. And they and they do and like. I, like I'm not playing that fucking game, but I've actually pers I had to talk this gay kid out of suicide on my Facebook. Some fan of mine, who fucking uh, he's, it wasn't anything about him being gay, but he said something stupid to me on my, like a my fans are the worst, and it, so he sent some comment on my Facebook that I that I was like flippant about. Yeah, and then I noticed on his page he put my favorite comedian hates me, and uh, it's just I don't think it's worth going through anything. It, something like, so I'm like, dude, what does that mean? Like, what are you getting at with that? Like, and uh. And he goes, no, no, nothing, man. I was just depressed. It's nothing. Then the next day, he writes how he was about to kill himself. And because then I talked to him, he felt better. And then we talked it out, and it turned out he had come out of the closet to his family. His father told him that they're getting a divorce because he's gay. And then, like, took his dog away Ugh. because faggots can't have dogs or something. What the Some fuck? Some abusive shit. Yeah, yeah. And I go, look, man. It, it, like, you really think, like, if your father did it to you, fuck him. Like, fuck them. What do you, like... If if your dad's like that and then won't speak to you, he just did you a favor leaving your life. Like, don't put the power in his hands like that. Like, like it's in your fucking hands. Like, you're worth whatever. Your life's worth more than some. You live in America. The whole point of America is you don't have to give a fuck what your parents think. That's uh, the beauty of this compared to the East. You know. All right. So you got your first pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and you felt bad about it. It was a good beater, though. And you worked. Yeah. And, and you worked through it. Uh. Yeah, the girl just kind of broke my heart, which was good, and I ended up with. But like, how'd you deal with the shame? I uh, squashed it down and uh, just felt it horribly, and then I would imagine the terrible consequence. Once I once I squish that down, then I have to think about the AIDS I'm surely going to get. Sure, right? because, as punishment. Right, because yeah. they tell you stories in right. church. They right. go, "This person didn't do what they were supposed to," and then. There's all these sad stories of how I didn't follow the way and then all this awful shit fe befell me, you know, like a chain letter story, right, yeah. of people who broke out. But, like, how did you leave the church? I just fucking stopped going, didn't tell them anything. My mother wanted me to, like, write them a letter. I'm like, I don't know them an explanation. I'm and did your going. mother ever, like, cut you out? For a couple months, but she can't leave her kids. Right, and your, and your dad just sort of drifted away? When My did dad they... got this fellowship for being a, a drunk at some point. And then he when he did, and when did their marriage fall apart? Once I was out, I was in college, and then it finally kind of fell apart. And then he just went where? He just went away. He moved to Florida with. Uh, oh, that's always a bad sign. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, so I visited him a little. I mean, look, I got to see him before he went, and I was still cool. With my, you know, uh, I just wished that he that that he didn't do what he wanted in life, and as a result, it it he killed himself. And the lesson I got in life was because my old man would be like, listen. You gotta fucking get a job that you don't. Basically, told me I gotta get a job I don't like so I can get married to a woman because I'm gonna want to have sex. Yeah, gotta be married for that. Yeah, and he goes, then she's gonna want kids. Yeah, so you're gonna have to have be able to support him. And he basically, without knowing it, was like, "Get out, son. Yeah. It's too late for me. Go." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's the message he delivered to me. Right, and, and so I appreciate it because I got you, out. When did you become a comic? When uh, I was in college doing poetry readings, 
I would be a real uh, uh, fruit ball f- uh, fucking alternative comic if not for starting out in black comedy rooms. Right. Which just beat the bullshit out of me. God bless them. With Jay. God bless black people for just beating the fucking nonsense out of me. You know? I'd be a guy you'd be yelling at. (laughs) Where guys used to yell at. I remember you screaming at a... Well, I like Dimitri, but you were screaming at him a long time ago. It was the funniest thing I ever saw because he had his long skateboard. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if he had like a fucking uh, kaleidoscope he was looking through or something. Yeah. But uh, he wanted me to go, why don't you be a man? <laughs> like he was screaming. I don't even know what provoked it other than his appearance. And it was making me laugh. And I remember like, you couldn't be cute if you tried, could you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't be. I was really trying to. <laughs> it won't work for me. So, wait, so you and Jay were running around with Kevin? Heart, yeah, he, you and Jay Oakerson. Yeah, but I was like Jay's unfunny friend, really, when we started. They didn't really get me so much. They, actually, you know what? The black comics who were funny that would come through, they all were like immediately cool to me. It was all like the the uh, entrenched hacks that would be like a dick to me. You know but the, I mean? you, for some reason, you just found yourself working black rooms. Because in Philly, that's the only club there was. Right. If you wanted an audience. Right. If you wanted to do jokes for some bitter old local comics, you could do the open mic at Comedy Cabaret. And and what did you learn by doing those rooms? How many did you? How to not be precious. Right. Okay. How to not be? Which in art school, I had a good illustration teacher taught me how to not be precious. You know, what, like, what were you studying in art school? Uh, animation. Okay, but I was an illustrator. I was yeah. in like you know comic books and shit. And you wrote poetry, and I, and, but they were like funny, you know. Yeah, so sure, I sure. would be right. doing like right. Kinda, I guess what Jeff Ross used to do well, to some degree, but I was a little more elaborate, right? And uh, a little I, more spoken wordy. Yeah, a lot of spoken. So look at like you were a sweet, sensitive, arty guy at one time. Yeah, and so so uh, I you know. So when I went to do these black rooms, it was like, they don't want to hear your fucking white bullshit like that, you know? Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, it really just snapped me out of, oh, I didn't realize like how much, like whatever bougie kind of attitude I had. Like irony really is like a, like I'm a big fan of Tim Heidecker, right? But the guy, like I met him one time and I knew if I told him I like his work, he was going to look at me like a bug. Okay. I can already see he's that guy. Yeah. But I did it, whatever. I like your shit, so I'll say what I feel. Right. Of course, he looks at me like, mm, yeah. All right, dude. Yeah. But that fucking little attitude where it's like, I love their shit, those guys. Yeah. But half of it I find like great. The other half is just shit jokes. And let's not pretend that it's more genius of a shit joke. <laughs> that's the most amazing thing is the alternative reinventing a thing that's already been there. Yeah. Like you pointed out to me how much these guys were just doing old Steve Martin. Yeah. Would I even realize? Like, yeah. there's no sense of any of this has been done before yeah. and they trot out i mean i i'm not even the shit that names. works the best has been done before the yeah pe- the then, stuff that really hasn't been done it's still difficult for people to understand you watch maria bamford who's a fucking genius yeah she's great and by the and way it, i didn't realize until i met her that that's her that fucking oh yeah. voice. she's not doing a character no i met but, her and she's like <laughs> right and but, like, wow. but some people still like because she's truly unique and people are like i don't know what to do with her and she's got people that love her but the stuff that works best in the alternative has been done over and over again right no i like her shit i always liked eddie pepitone he always had something that and he's I another would, one he's a, a real through, original yeah i like i would sit through the shit of his i didn't like just to hear the one or two things that i loved you know what i mean <laughs> because it's original it's or that worth moment it. where he yells and cries at the same time almost where he's like i can't think of- I yeah know, I, I, no, it's worth I, it to me like i'll let him build up whatever bullshit just to get to the part that i think is like really like creative and genius yeah. you know so th- there's a few people like that that are the real deal, and then there's all those knockoffs, yeah. and that's how, and that's the main thing I learned from the black room that it's not really measurably different from the white room, 
other than white people are more afraid of it. And but also you've got to work and you've got to deliver and you can't fuck around. There's no you've indulging gotta, this that's sort right. of like half baked garbage. That you you can't be a Bataya comic as Jay calls them, which what? is this. Uh, but I uh, I uh, so uh, he calls it Bataya comedy. <laughs> How much of that do you see, dude? So I uh, <laughs> single now. Uh, so uh, something therapist. But <laughs> you got to tell the joke. I never met, by the way, outside the writers' room is Schumer. This is how I know I'm like the lowest class member of the. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one who doesn't have a therapy story. Yeah, I've never seen so many people be in therapy who haven't been to live combat in all my life. Like, yeah. what did you see? <laughs> Kyle Dunnigan told a story about his therapist has to hold a pen yeah. because he falls asleep while Kyle's talking. <laughs> And the pen, like he picks it up to wake him up. Yeah. I'm like, if your therapist is falling asleep, I got great news. You're done. <laughs> well, what are you paying for? Your therapist can't stay awake. You got no well, reason to pay this money. Well, here's what I got to tell you, because I got I to oh. wrap up. I think you got a lot accomplished today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I swear to God, I miss you saying shit like that to me all the time. That's my favorite shit, dude, is that. It's all going to work out. It's like this fucking. <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, no, dude, that was my favorite thing of all time you said to me. What? Was, uh, where, when, it was around when Kurt and Courtney, that documentary was out. Right, right. Because you know that new one's on? Yeah. I was taking care of that. I'm like, I'm like, do you think she had him killed? And you're like, women don't have to kill men. I <laughs> got <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a great point. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen anyways. Well, no, it's just like, oh, I remember what I wanted to say. Yeah. First of all, like, I don't, uh, the, your soul's not a loser. It seems, it seems like your soul is, is uh, you know, fighting, actually fighting the good fight and, and engaging in, in what is righteous. That's what a loser does. Well, oh, yeah, it's called what a loser does, so not what? a winner. No, but what is I'm a I'm cool with it. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I like it. Yeah. But I'm not, a, like, a. I know in my head, like, Kevin's a winner. And I don't say that in any bitterness. Like, I... I give it to Kev every single thing he did. You know what I mean? He did every fucking decision he should do right. Yeah. You know? He fucking was the one that got his ass out of Philly before any of us. Yeah. He has a set that every that mass people can mass appeal. I could never be that guy. You're not a leader of men, Kurt. I'm gonna be a niche market. Like a <laughs> You're you know? not a leader of men. You're, I'm a boutique operation. You're 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 the worst case scenario. Yeah, I shouldn't host. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I should not be the first thing you see. <laughs> Someone needs to bridge. Uh, I think people. you're a genius. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's good to see you too, man. All right, folks, that's it. That's our show. That guy was funny, right? Provocative, smart, quick. Love Curb Metzger. It's nice to talk to him. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Get on the mailing list. I'll email you every Sunday. Personal stuff. Go to WTFPod.com. Slash calendar. See all the new tour dates. Portland, Colorado, New York area. This week, Chicago, Cleveland, Minneapolis. It's all there. No guitar today because I'm in a hotel room. Oh, you sing something. Hold on. Play some fake trumpet for you. I improvise that. Boomer lives! <laughs>